welcome to Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. So last week, we did not record a show. We decided to take the week off and see the space and listen and read, educate ourselves, donate, and just in general, do what we could to support the Black Lives Matter movement happening in our country right now. And obviously, the work to dismantle the systemic racism in our country is not over, shouldn't be over until we see real and actionable change. That being said, we know we have a lighthearted podcast. Hopefully, Tea Time allows you to tune in once a week, unplug your brain, listen to celebrity fluff um, for a while. But that doesn't mean that we can't or shouldn't do our part in improving the content that we put out. And we have a commitment to making this podcast the very best that it can be. So earlier this week, the Tea Time crew met and talked about tangible changes we can make to the show to commit to being better allies, including expanding our bubble of thought and news and research, and in general, just expanding the scope of our coverage beyond just making fun of Pete Davidson every week, which there's a time and place, but we know that we can do better. Yeah. So, you know, please going forward, continue to educate yourselves on what you can do for the Black Lives Matter movement and to dismantle, you know, the white supremacy that exists and pervades in this society. And we will do the same. Um, You know, we love you guys so much and we're so appreciative of you. And um, there are obviously so many ways you can participate. And if you have the means to donate, um, we've each donated to a number of, you know, really important organizations, and we will include the organizations um, in the show notes. And in the long run, you know, this podcast does not matter, but Black Lives do. And making the most of the current moment in society definitely does. Yeah, like Liz and Amelia said very eloquently and heartfeltly, uh, we make a lot of jokes about, you know, only our moms listening to Tea Time, but we know that's actually not the case. We have, by our modest standards, a lot of listeners, and there's a responsibility that comes with every one of those listeners. So we're committed to educating ourselves, to making just a conscious effort to confront our privilege and being more representative of Black celebrities and other people of color and just straight up doing better. And we're going to start now. So I think we're going to kick off the show by talking about just celebrities who have stepped up this week. We like to call people out and there are so many people to call out, but I think we'd rather talk about the celebrities who have really made a good example and just given us something to look up to uh, in the past couple weeks. Okay, so I want to start out with John Boyega, who is not someone that we've talked about a lot on this podcast. And I think he is a great example of someone who has been fighting the good fight for a long ass time. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not doing anything new by speaking up about Black Lives Matter, but I think people finally took notice of it and his career has suffered for it. And this week he talked about that at a rally in Hyde Park on June 3rd. Um, So he was out there early. A lot of the celebrities we're talking about were out there early and people have been protesting since. But, you know, the ones that normalized really showing up early, I think really made a difference. And John Boyega was a really significant one. Mm -hmm. So he attended a Black Lives Matter rally in Hyde Park and said he basically was like, look, I don't know if I'm going to have a career after this, but fuck that, which I think is something that he has proven he believes in for a long time throughout, Mm -hmm. you know, the Star Wars press cycle and the hate that he's received from fans online. 
And I highly recommend watching his speech. I absolutely cannot do it justice. He was extremely emotional. He spoke extremely eloquently about, you know, about how Black Lives Matter and we've always been important. And he says we've always meant something. And he's like, I'm waiting. Like, I've been waiting and we're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, you know, I it's really risky, especially as a black actor in Hollywood who's seen, you know, he got written out basically of the last Star Wars movie and in, yeah. in favor of redeeming Adam Driver's space Nazi. Like, so... <laughs> You know, he of all people knows like the consequences that speaking out on something like this can have because he's seen it. And I think there was, first of all, I think him just in general, you know, giving this speech was huge. And then also there's been this flood of support for him on social media, whether or not these directors that were tweeting at him will act on that obviously matters. Mm-hmm. Um, but all these people were tweeting being like, I would literally like roll in a barrel of glass for a John Boyega to look at my <laughs> script right now. Like, like, please come talk to me. So, you know, he's always been outspoken and he continues to be just a really good example. So just mm-hmm. I've moved past Adam Driver, space Nazi. We're like done with him. John Boyega only. <laughs> I'm fully in favor of, of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, me too. I love All that. All right. Who else? Who else was at protest this week? Uh, you know, we've talked about her before. She is. She's iconic. She's a queen. Kiki Palmer. We love Kiki P. Kiki Palmer was out protesting and there was a video circulating. I saw it on Twitter. Did you guys see it on Twitter? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And she was just, you know, leading kind of a group of protesters and asking the police officers guarding this building to walk with her and a group of protesters. And and they kind of, they didn't, they didn't really end up doing that, but they uh, took a knee with her. And she actually had this really great op-ed that she wrote in Variety. And it was just... I don't, it was just like to the point, really explained her reasoning why she wanted the officers to walk with her and with everyone else. And it was, you know, um, and I'm not doing it justice, but I will tweet it out. Um, Pretty much just like, you know, lives over property, which is something that I think some people are kind of struggling to understand, but she laid it out so well that I just highly recommend reading about it. And, um, you know, when it comes down to it, a human life is much more important than some, you know, building. And the protesters that she was marching with, um, you know, they were really peaceful. And it was but it was just really great to see her just out and about and putting change like it, not just saying it or talking about it, but actually doing something for it, which is really cool because as a celebrity, you know, I'm sure that's it's harder because, you know, she's a public figure and whatnot. So she's just on the forefront. She's great. There's just another reason to stan her. Yeah. She's absolutely just, no choice at this point, but to stan. No choice. No choice. <laughs> stan Kiki forever. Um, another person that was there kind of from the beginning who we talk about, honestly, a lot on this podcast, and I'm not— I don't, I'm not really familiar with like her music, but she's like an A-list celebrity. She's paparazzi everywhere she goes. Um, it's Halsey. And she was at a lot of the LA protests, like basically from the minute that they started. And she is a good example of using her white privilege and platform for good. And it's Honestly, I I can't think of a celebrity who, in quarantine who's been more photographed and written about. But like Halsey steps out in a mask and goes to the grocery store. Halsey is with X, Y, and Z quarantining. Maybe like me and like this group has talked about her multiple times since all of this started. So to have these outlets have no choice but to talk about the protest because fucking Halsey's there. And if they want to talk <laughs> about Halsey, you have to talk about Black Lives Matter, which is fucking great. And she was helping a lot of protesters 
um, in Los Angeles and in general, just like calling people out on Twitter and stuff, just using her enormous platform for good. So Halsey maybe have to stand her as well now. I may have to listen to a Halsey song. <laughs> um, okay, Gotta other celebs, it. Kate. We also want to highlight some other people who have stepped up, you know, online or in other other ways, some funny, some real, just kind of a melange. Cause it's been two weeks. There are a lot of people that have, have done some really good things. So first I want to highlight Beyonce because whenever you can highlight Beyonce, you got to highlight Beyonce. And she did a speech for YouTube's Dear Class of 2020 live stream. And first of all, like 10 minutes of Beyonce talking about literally anything is like, just, I just need that. And that's uh, just a balm for the soul. But she gave this speech um, that was honestly really perfect and inspirational, which is a hard thing to do right now. She was talking to graduates about, you know, she was talking about the protests and the Black Lives Matter movement and George Floyd's murder. But she basically was like, if any time in history can prove to you that you are capable of affecting real change, like it should be right now. Like you should be taking this and realizing like you can have an impact, which I thought was a great way to make, you know, make a really sad, really you know, momentous time, really inspirational to a group of of kids who have had a really shitty year in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. So, you know, it's 10 minutes long and like it is pretty perfect start to finish. And she's just like staring into the camera being Beyonce. And I highly <laughs> recommend watching it. Um, I also wanted to talk about so Alexis Ohanian, who has always been a top tier celebrity husband. He's the founder of Reddit. Yes. He's married to Serena Williams. <laughs> and we've talked about him a couple of times because he's just always super supportive in like a non showy way, kind of. Yes. And not to be like, oh, here's a white man who's done a great job this week. Like, that's <laughs> not who we need to talk about. But I think he he's a really great example of a really powerful figure in media who realized that he needed to step back. So this week he resigned from the Reddit board of directors and encouraged them explicitly to replace him with a black candidate. And they very quickly did in hiring Michael Siebel. And then Alexis and Serena basically released a video talking about the decision. And he basically was like, you know, my daughter, his daughter who is black, he's like, I need to have an answer when she grows up and has asked me, what did you do? And, and, you know, he, he's always been really supportive of Serena. He's always been really outspoken and donated a lot of money to these issues. And he just put his money where his mouth is. And it just seems like a really good example of like actionable allyship. And, yeah. uh, no one deserves Serena Williams, but he almost does. And that is the <laughs> highest compliment that I can give. I also love when he showed up to one of her matches or it was like, it was a Maria Sharapova match with like a don't do drug shirt. I was like, wow. <laughs> he's, he's always the been subtle drag. Top tier, top tier spouse. Yeah, exactly. Um, someone else you want to give a shout out is Sky Jackson, who I don't know if you guys are familiar who are listening. She's 18 years old. was like Disney Channel TV. She's 18? Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. She was on a TV show called Jessie on the Disney Channel. She was in Smurfs. She did like a couple animated things. She was a meme, very famous meme that went around, still <laughs> circulates to this day. Anyway, very popular on Twitter. And she has used this time to call out racist teenagers on Twitter where like her fans will crowdsource and send her like reliable receipts of like people at their schools or people in their town doing shitty things and racist things. And she will blast them. She will like research. She'll find their name, their hometown, their high school. Like she's like, this person's on the cheer team at this high school. And like has actually caused change in a lot of these small towns and high schools and caused these teenagers to have repercussions on social media. And she's also having a lot of fun with it. She's like, a hilarious person in general. (laughs) And then I tried to go back and like find some of these. And now she's looking for a good vanilla scented perfume, which so am I on Twitter, but (laughs) she's mostly using her Twitter to um, call people out, which is great. Honestly, great. She's got a big fan base. 
She's like the Batman of Twitter, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. The hero yeah, we, amazing. what is it? The hero we don't deserve, but we need or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's great. Um, another person who's been, she's been stepping up for over like 50 years. I just want to give a shout out to Jane Fonda. Um, Always. Always. Jane Fonda, who is the perfect example of being like a privileged white celebrity ally. She's been doing this stuff for 50 friggin' years, people. She's been protesting. She and using her platform and she has been marching and just for change, not just for the Black Lives Matter movement, but for climate change and like um, the Vietnam War. And it's just incredible. This woman is 82. She looks amazing, by the way. She looks amazing. Um, <laughs> regardless. Yeah. But um, this is just it shows you and celebrities out there. You have no excuse. If Jane Fonda is doing this, getting arrested at 82 you have no excuse. But anyway, she went on the Don Lemon show on CNN and talked about white supremacy and Black Lives Matter. And she's also been using her Fire Drill Fridays account, which mm. is her climate change, um, uh, I guess, platform to talk about Black Lives Matter and to give women of color, black women especially, a platform there. Mm. And she it's just like, you know, she, she's another one. You can just stan her because she's great mm -hmm. too. So great shout out to Jane Fonda. Liz has a lot to apologize for in this last category, so we'll just we'll just give her the floor. All right. We talked about Glee. We talked about <laughs> Leah Michelle. We did. <laughs> I said on vocals alone, Leah Michelle was the MVP of this Glee pilot. Since that podcast aired, she's always been uh, known as a bitch on set and kind of a diva <laughs> and difficult to work with. But like within this last week, Samantha Ware, who played Jane starting on the sixth season of Glee, and I actually tapped out before then. I think I only Same. watched like four <laughs> seasons. Um, but Samantha Ware, who worked with Leah Michelle on set on Glee, came out and quote tweeted Leah Michelle's tweet about George Floyd and said, LMAO, remember when you made my first television gig a living hell? Cause I'll never forget. I believe you told everyone that if you had the opportunity, you would shit in my wig amongst other traumatic microaggressions that made me question a career in Hollywood, dot, dot, dot. Since that tweet has come out, there have been multiple other people that have worked with Leah Michelle, not only in Glee, but on other projects of hers, um, citing the same exact thing. Amber Riley, who played Mercedes on the show, very famous character, worked with them since the pilot, since season one. At first, didn't come out directly, but she started, like, tweeting replies, like, gifs of the sipping tea and kind of laughing yeah. thing as, like, a little nod that she's, like, seen it, acknowledged it. Yep. Um, and then later, she expanded. She went on um, an episode of Real Quick with Danielle Young. And she's quoted as saying, I'm not going to say that Leah Michelle is racist. She's also pregnant. I think everyone needs to chill. You dragged her for a couple of days. But at the same time, in my inbox, there are a lot of black actors and actresses telling me their stories and letting me know that they have dealt with the same things on set, being terrorized by the white girls that are the leads of the show. Then Heather Morris, who plays Brittany on the show, who we try to avoid speaking about because she doesn't do a lot for any of us. She did a very convoluted statement kind of ended up neither here nor there. She said, hate is a disease, so I'd never want to spread it to anyone else. Having said that, was she unpleasant to work with? Very much so. Like, she just kind of went around in little circles. Didn't add a lot to the conversation, so take that as you will. But anyway, it's now, I mean, there have been multiple 
accusations against Leah Michelle, specifically targeting women and people of color on her sets, in which I she's since apologized and you know, we'll see whatever how she acts going forward. But yeah, certainly not the MVP. Obviously had no <laughs> single clue about any of this. And which is this why is, we're talking about it right, right now. Right. It was and not it's disappointing. Right. She's always I it's been known, I guess, but I'm really happy that these stories are coming out and she's being very specifically called out and that these women are brave enough to say it because Leah Michelle is still tucked under Ryan Murphy's little you know, in his book. And like, she, hopefully there will be real repercussions about stuff like this. So we shall see. Anyway, Leah Michelle is certainly not MVP. We can't say that her career is thriving anyway, to be fair. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, In other celebrity news, there's a lot going on. Uh, Kate, do you want to take it away? I do. This is still tangentially related to the protests in recent weeks. But guys, when I have a concrete reason to talk about K-pop, (laughs) <laughs> From a, a political, timely standpoint, you're damn yeah. right I'm going to take it. So, yeah. over the past few weeks, K-pop fans have used just their truly stunning ability to mobilize online, which usually they use for, like, streaming songs, breaking social media <laughs> records, you know, sometimes, you know, getting into my DMs in a way that I don't like. Um, <laughs> this time, they used it to drown out racist hashtags and clog up police apps. It's been covered Damn. everywhere. It's been dubbed the fan cam revolution. Somebody was like, the revolution will be fan cammed. <laughs> um, <laughs> and basically what they did is if people were trying to get like blue lives matter, white lives matter, like trending, they just started mass tweeting the hashtag <laughs> with like fan cams and like K-pop <gasps> videos. And so then not only was it just like you couldn't find anything real on that hashtag, it was also, it would show up under a little K-pop. Trends it would be like trending in K-pop. White oh Lives Matter. <laughs> and then like you couldn't find anything. So that was great. They also went a step further and a bunch of police departments around the country were asking people to send in videos of like looting and protesters to like so that they could find people and arrest people. And K-pop fans took over and started flooding <laughs> these like quote unquote snitch apps with fan Damn. so that either the app would overload like they like broke several of these apps or uh they just like any real videos were just like totally drowned out like in which i actually did send one in because i wanted to have the experience and i do have a lot of fan cams on my phone and it was really easy to do and it, it worked really well and when i was like scrolling through the videos it was like all k-pop so that was great Oh my God, um, that's incredible. and one more note bts actually donated a million dollars to the black lives matter movement last week which is great because K-pop benefits a lot from black culture and black music and black creators. And it's important for, for idols, even if they're in Korea to step up and they did. And BTS fans decided to match them, match their donation. And they managed to do it in 24 hours. (laughs) Um, Damn. Yeah. So it was just really nice to see the stands using their ability for mobilization for good. Obviously it's not the first time BTS fans have done a lot of like charitable giving in the past, which is why they had the structures in place to do this so quickly. Obviously like, you know, the, I don't know, Marvel fan base couldn't be like, let's match a million dollars like in 24 hours and have, you know, Twitter accounts that already existed and, and, you know, charitable organizations already in place. So yeah, you just fans are lazy. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Just as an example of like a less organized fandom. Yeah, Um, it was just really nice to see, to see kind of their unique level of, of mobilization used for Mm -hmm. good this week. Speaking of fandoms, Oh, God. Sorry. I've just been ranting this whole damn episode. (laughs) But, okay. I'm going to make this quick because I don't want to waste a lot of time on her because she literally is not worth it. But here's what I have to say about J.K. Rowling's bullshit. 
If you're one of the richest, most privileged women in the world, what you don't need to be doing during our current moment of staggering (laughs) racial injustice is to be tweeting about how you're a victim because you think trans women aren't women. And that's what J.K. Rowling's been doing. Uh, She published a whole ass essay of just hateful, irresponsible ignorance this week about why she's a victim and why she thinks that trans people shouldn't have rights and aren't real, which is just bullshit. You don't need to read it. It's all the stereotypes and all the hateful shit that people have been spewing for like literal decades. Mm -hmm. What I do recommend looking at is Daniel Radcliffe posted a really great, not a direct response, but kind of, I mean, everyone knew it was a direct response. Um, where he just, you know, validated trans identities and was like, I support you, I see you, you're valid. He wrote about donating to the Trevor Project, which supports LGBTQIA youths. The GLAD Project had a really great response, and they also spurred a lot of other Harry Potter cast members into tweeting about trans rights and being like, you're you're valid, trans women are women. So that was really meaningful. That was genuine. We can ignore J.K. Rowling. Like, she does not matter. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was nice to see people kind of rallying around that. The other part of this I want to talk about, because this category, who knows what this category is? I guess it's celebrity news this week. But in social media, um, J.K. Rowling, when she tweeted out her hateful anti-trans essay, used a Twitter function to her 14.5 million Twitter followers where you can't respond to the tweet, which is a new function on Twitter, for better or worse. And I'm curious how you guys feel about it, because in my opinion, if you're inflicting your turfy views on (laughs) 14.5 million people, you should let those people respond in a visible way. But I I do understand why Twitter made this a thing. I mean, nobody wants to get ratioed, but like sometimes the ratio ratio is healthy, you know, (laughs) sometimes you deserve it, honestly. (laughs) Right. Like in this case. But I also like you can get ratioed anyway. Like if you click on the tweet, you can see what people are saying in the quoted RTs like that's a new Things so like if somebody has a thousand um, quote retweets and twenty real retweets, it's like obviously these people oh, are talking about her and saying she's an idiot. I might have to re-download that Godforsaken app. I got <laughs> oh, rid of it you a while use back it so much. Health. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I got rid of it a while back. But now there's so many good. Maybe I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this yeah. I in this case I was like this was some cowardly bullshit from her, sure. but yes. I do understand why it happened, and I you can still get ratioed. It's just like in a different way. Hop um, on the Hunger Games train. <laughs> I've been waiting I, to talk I, about PETA Malark. Tamora Pierce, guys. Um, tweet me if you read her books because she's great. And she tweeted a lot of pro-trans stuff this week. So um, anyway, JK Rowling, like society doesn't need you anymore. Like just go sit on a beach with your literal billions of dollars. Yeah. Correct. Um, uh, yeah. In other celebrity news, Beyonce is absolutely about to rake it in. Apparently, according to The Sun, she's in talks and like getting close to signing a $100 million deal with Disney to work on only three projects, (laughs) which is so mind-blowing monetarily. It's absolutely fucking awesome. Um, One of those projects is Black Panther 2, which Beyonce would be a part of the film soundtrack. But then apparently the other two projects maybe would be documentaries for Disney+, Plus, which like— I'm, I think I'm one of the only people that loved The Lion King, like the remake, <laughs> and loved her in it. Her voice, her speaking voice is like actual just butter. Like it makes I'm me feel so calm. She could read the happy. phone book. Seriously. So I want her to talk. I mean, her and Morgan Freeman have the two best voices in the game. They can just narrate everything going forward. What like. animal? Like if Beyonce was going to do like the Meghan Markle elephant documentary, like what oh, yeah. animal do you want Beyonce to talk about? Wow. Putting you on the spot. Any animal in the whole world. Well, she was great as Nala. So you want to talk about lions? 
That'd Kinda, yeah. Is it, Why not? Is it Reese Witherspoon that did the Quibi show about lions? Oh, God. I don't oh, want to I mean, talk that's, about Quibi. Yes. That's a low bar, you guys. Beyonce it was can like, do better than that. It was like Queens of the Sahara or something. And <laughs> what? Was, yeah. I Thank God that didn't cross my path. I did not know about that. Um, <laughs> Sorry to bring Quibi into this. <laughs> so random. No, this is, this is great because just as random, Iggy Azalea, who we try, again, not to talk about too much. <laughs> she doesn't come up actually really ever. In She's a while. She's kind of hiding. Uh, for a while. Apparently, she just had her first child, a baby boy with Playboy Cardi, a rapper who she's been dating since 2018. And this is great. Not a lot of info here, except for the actual announcement of this child, which I found some humor in and, um, and chuckled at. So she put up on her stories, just black and white print. And she goes, I have a son. And it's like, I kept waiting for the right time to say something, but it feels like the more time passes, the more I realize, blah, blah. She's just talking about how, like, she waited a bit. But, like, there's not a single emoji. There's not even an exclamation mark. There's not, like, a, <laughs> hey, I have some exciting news. Literally, I'll share it with you guys. It just says, I have a son. Black that's background, like, white print, period. I know you know what I'm going to say because you watch The Office, but that's, oh, like, yeah, when yeah. Dwight does the— Happy birthday. <laughs> it's your birthday. <laughs> it is your birthday. On the wall. Oh, that is God. literally what it was like. Thank you, yeah. You have a son. This is great. Like One exclamation, exclamation point. Just one. <laughs> um, rounding out this utterly bizarre category, oh. please, Amelia. All take right. It away. Well, you know, it happened. Uh, ben Affleck has a Finsta <laughs> account. He already has an Instagram account. But guess what? He has a Finsta too. And some, you know, super sleuth. These super sleuths on Twitter appear from time to time. God bless you. Um, you should have a job, you know, working for the FBI because it's it's actually amazing. This woman named Kelsey Weekman uncovered his Finsta account with which okay, I'm sorry, but the the handle we have to talk about the handle because it is at positive attitude hunting. No. How do you yes. like them apples? <laughs> which is, I guess, a reference to goodwill hunting, but also sounds like he's going to quit acting and start up like a life coaching thing out of his like basement Perhaps. in Brentwood. Maybe, maybe he I already mean, has. Maybe he already has. But um, Anna de Armas and Jennifer Garner, mother of his children, follow the account. So do we think this is a real thing or is this like hey, I'm joking here. I want some press. That's my take. I think that okay. their publicist is so good. You know, they had the matching necklaces. They've been taking the walks, right. calling the paparazzi. They had a, they were pictured jumping over his locked gate the other day. Right. And I just, I genuinely think they have an incredible PR team who was like, you know what people love? Discovering things celebrities don't want them to know about. And so they, I genuinely think that they like crafted this Finsta so that people would find it. However, it's he is too so good. he is so corny, especially on Instagram. <laughs> Do you remember when Anna de Armas posted an Instagram and oh. he below it said photo credit, please, but like PLS? Like I think oh. I could see him <laughs> doing this. I don't know yeah. why. No, I, I feel and, like it's too yeah. good though. That's kind of why I think it's yeah. fake, is because it's like, is Ben Affleck coming up with ooh, positive, positive attitude hunting? No, he'd be like that dad one. three or something That's like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't have faith in his, his comment ability. Oh that is my true. God. Yeah. That that, you know, oh God. I don't know anymore. And also what I don't know, uh, this is a segue to what is Anna de Armas doing with a life-size cutout? of herself that she made like two of the three Affleck children put in her yard. 
What? Is, I don't. Why? Why? I literally. I, Wait, I whose yard is I'm, it in? Is the life size cutout in Ben Affleck's yard? No, it's in her yard. What? Oh, I thought it was in. Why are the Affleck children in her yard just hanging out at I, girlfriend's house? I guess those poor kids. I mean, what? I just. I it doesn't. It literally. I my. I'm speech. I don't. What? <laughs> We've broken I have no Amelia. words. I'm because I'm it. so confused. Amelia, do you think that cutout was a gift? It was just recently your birthday. Oh my God. Do you think it was like a wow. funny gag prop thing they from got it somewhere? From like fatheads.com. Um, great yeah, question. Yeah, where does that come from, Amelia? Where do you think? Well, the thing is, is like the cutout wasn't, if you look at it, it's like her posing, but it's not like it was posing for a movie or anything. Right. It's not like they stole it yeah. from like the right. like AMC. Exactly. So I don't know. I just, I think it might go back to the whole. Um, they have a great publicity team, hmm. and they're it just is. like we're going to drum up some press. Yeah, exactly. They're just like here we go, which is just Damn. I sure. I guess I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you guys have any info, you know, on the Anadarmas, <laughs> if you are, live in that area or know anything about them, um, you can tweet us. Um, next category is a look back because it's June 11th as we're recording. We are six months into this year, halfway done. Feels like it's gone by simultaneously like in a blink of an eye and also taken 10 eternities to be here on June 10th or whatever, um, June 11th. So this category is just reflecting on some of the things that Tea Time has talked about this year in 2020 alone that feel like a different lifetime ago. One of which, Amelia, is like your bread and butter. It's my bread and butter. I honestly think, I was thinking about this the other day, the feel-good story of the last five years, I think, was the college admissions scandal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, Lori, Lori Laughlin, Aunt Becky, as some people call her, uh, this was back at the end of May, so this is more recent, but her and her husband, Target dude, Massimo Giannulli, they pled guilty. And honestly, this seems like it happened a year ago. And I it honestly does. It's it's wild. And of course, you know, I mean, I won't go into the whole systematic, you know, oppression because there obviously is. And this is just more evidence that there is. But she's literally not going to be there for more than two months. So and he's there for five months, which is absolutely insane that's and bullshit. such an injustice. But anyway, it that's the, the feel good story of the last five years. <laughs> Do you, you guys remember what also happened this year that we talked about was, um, I don't know if it was Olivia Jade or the other one, but when the pictures oh. came out of them on the rowing machine. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And was, it was like, this girl has never ago. done any, a, a, like a single <laughs> minute of physical activity. I think that was like actually not that long ago, but it feels like it is. That might have been like two episodes ago or something. <laughs> What is time anyway? Do you guys remember caring about a little person named Jessica and a person named Mark on Love is Blind? Take your minds back wow. to around Valentine's Day of this year. Oh. Do you remember when we gave a shit that she fed her golden retriever red wine out of a glass? And I was like lost sleep over that for like a night or two thinking about that and their age gap and Barnett's commitment issues. Like thinking about Love is Blind oh and the God. commitment we had to that show happening only in February is insane. That's wild. I remember insane. very specifically the last meal, like the last like meal out that I had before, I think it was the week before we got sent home from work, like for Corona. I was so annoyed because I was sitting there trying to eat with my friend that I hadn't seen in a long time. And the table next to us would not shut up about Jessica and Barnett from fucking Love is Blind. <laughs> and I was like, I remember sitting and I remember like I went to the bathroom, I washed my hands, I did the whole song thing. Like it was like right before Corona got really mm. bad. 
Yeah. But I remember coming back and being like, oh my God, they're still talking about Love is Blind. That's like yeah, the crossover of, of culture. <laughs> yeah. Also, cheer. The thing that brought oh. us, like the last thing that brought us real joy was in January, released January 8th. You remember listening and looking at Jerry encourage his teammates and feeling oh. something deep inside you being like, yeah, life is okay. This is all right. <laughs> remember Monica? Like, Fucking Monica. Coaching the shit out of those teenagers and you cared about yes. them so much. Yeah. This, so like, this is so much sadder after Daytona got canceled this year uh, too. Daytona's now crawling with coronavirus. So that's Yo, now I mean, where that's Daytona good. is. Just in general. Really <laughs> yeah. marred the whole cheer experience. <laughs> yeah. um, also, I feel like this was a little bit more recent, but it might have been February is the woman in the London subway station who sang wow. Shallow and went viral tried looking her up. She's doing things still. Okay. Taking a little bit of a break since like around February, as everyone has, I guess. But yeah, watching her sing, feeling so inspired and happy. <laughs> like It feels like I was a different age. We talked oh for God. like a good four minutes about whether or not that was real <laughs> on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, and you know what? I know. I tried looking that up. Apparently, she told Ellen it definitely, like, was real, blah, blah. Fucking Ellen. I still am a little oh. dubious, but we'll see. We'll let time really tell on that one. <laughs> yes. Um, Next one that happened this year. Okay, this is going to blow your mind because, remember, this show has only been on for a year. But season three of one of my favorite shows, The Masked Singer, ended literally weeks ago when—you remember? Wait, you, Masked uh-huh. Singer has only started this year? No, 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 sorry. Within the, within the last year, like as oh, in like a oh, year. Okay. As, sorry, sorry, sorry. Last year, last year. Sorry, last I was about year. to be like, what is time? That would be wild. But anyway, but it's still like season three seasons. And that's yeah. what? Crazy. Yeah. Um, remember, I remember that because the day that the NBA <laughs> shut down was the day that Sarah oh. Palin saying baby got back. Oh, oh God, Kate. And everyone was like, it will never get worse from this. And then 2020 was like, challenge accepted. I'm storing that info. <laughs> Now you know. Um, just an iconic show. Uh, I honestly love it. It's embarrassing. It's fine. Um, who do you think? I want to know your guesses. Who do you think will be on season four? Like Mark Consuelos or something? I feel Mark like Consuelos. I feel like he and Kelly Ripa. I cannot escape their marriage, <laughs> and they're just written about constantly. You know what? And I kind of love that. To be they just to be a part of content, they will they like are. do the most ridiculous <gasps> interviews about personal info about their children just to get a headline. So maybe Mark Consuelo that is true. will be on there. I could see that. Pick. Kate, yeah. do you have any picks? I don't. I'm done thinking about it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well. Okay. Fine. Moving on. Moving on. That Sarah Palin bit was the only. I pulled that out and then I just tapped out. Sure. I get it. Okay. I, my final question for this really happened this year was, did 2020 peak when Parasite won Best Picture? Yes or yes. Wow. I remember that happening and it winning so many awards and it finally winning Best Picture and everyone was so fucking happy for 24 yeah. hours. We were <laughs> yeah. like, this is great. Hollywood is fixed. The movies are good. And everyone was literally just like, I can't believe it actually won. Like we something so good happened. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And then really? the whole year tanked from mm-hmm. there. It really did. It really did. (laughs) We're all just sitting here like, fuck. (laughs) Just thinking back. Wow. Uh, Yeah, I just want to go back to to just hearing. Was it Jane Fonda that said it? It was, right? It was. Jane Fonda, she's always on the right side of history. (laughs) She really is. She really is. I want to be right next to Sean Yu again. Just absolutely screaming his head off. Oh, my God. 
That's fun. Good times. <sighs> anyway, that all happened this year. Uh, wow. Kill me now. Okay, <laughs> we're wrapping up um, this episode, as always, with some unanswerable questions. Uh, these are pretty bizarre this week. Kate, do you want to start? Yeah, it's just very random. These are just two weeks of like the random little things that we've seen mm-hmm. and been like, we'll come back to that at a better time. So Kate Blanchett, my girl, she said on a podcast with the former Australian Prime Minister, Julie Gillard. I don't know why she was on a podcast with her. I just, we're all bored in quarantine. And what she told her, among many other more important things, but this is the one I want to focus on. She said, I had a bit of a chainsaw accident yesterday, which sounds very, very exciting, but wasn't. Apart from a little nick to the head, I'm fine. My question simply is, how did Kate Blanchett get into a chainsaw accident when she lives in East Sussex, England, and I'm sure has a lot of people who could operate chainsaws for her? This is a fantastic question <laughs> for many reasons. A, because you're right. She, I, I, I bet she has no limit of people that could operate chainsaws for her. No. Also, in when you need a chainsaw, it's a pretty serious. Um, <laughs> right. I don't know what, like, not Aaron, but like activity. We're like, I don't know what mm-hmm. she could possibly need a chainsaw for that like couldn't wait or be done by a professional. Right. Right. Also, this is like how people like. Um, J-Lo has her legs insured or like other, like Kate Blanchett is a very fair woman, very beautiful actress that her whole, the whole money, you know, maker is like her and her face basically. A nick to the head is like no serious. (laughs) With a chainsaw. With a chainsaw. If I get a paper cut uh, anywhere on my body, I'm like, this is serious. She chainsawed herself in the head. So this is my theory. (laughs) Oh my God. I was looking at what you can use a chainsaw for. And I got the Mm. whole history of chainsaws, which I did not need. I just needed like current uses for chainsaws. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There are two main things. One is cutting down trees or branches of trees, which I was like, that's manual labor. That's not something Kate Blanchett is doing. Right. Right. The other thing it's used for is like, and I don't think it's this is common, but it can be used for like shaping those shrubs into like shapes oh wow you know, like the people that take a bush and they're like i'm gonna make yes. it a giraffe yes so my theory is Kate blanchett is bored she picked up a new hobby she was okay. like i'm gonna learn how to shape shrubbery and wow. so that's what she was doing when she chainsawed herself in the face i was just talking this weekend about how i need some new hobbies i don't think that chainsaw and shrubbery <laughs> will be one of them but maybe if Kate blanchett does think it. about it think wow. about it um, oh my, my God. The last question we have for the episode equally is confounding that I really haven't stopped thinking about since I saw it yesterday <laughs> is Ryan Murphy's house. <laughs> His house was on the July cover of Architectural Digest. It was profiled. Um, and it's it's a very beautiful house. He has multiple, like, you know, different designers have done it, blah, blah, blah. Very nice, fancy house. But the one thing that caught my eye that I have not been able to track down, except for this one People article <laughs> in his home, is it's white Spanish style. And it looks like from the back of the house, looking in, he has this little signage in kind of like a cursive, cursive, loosely font. Right. And it says, O California. And it's on two different parts of the house. It looks like the O is on the wall of the house. And then the California is kind of on like the wall of a deck. And there's like this little patio on the inside. So seemingly when you're inside the house, all you can see is the O. 
And then you can never see the California. And my question is, you guys should look it up. The cursive is so god-awful. And it's a pretty popular thing. Now every Instagram influencer has some little, like, bon nuit above their bed in cursive. Like, oh, it's a very popular thing to have these signs now. But on A, the scale that Ryan Murphy has it. B, the amount of money he has to make this actually, like, a good cursive scripture. C, it looks so haphazardly placed on this house. I kind of can't believe that this is purposeful, but it is because it was like a teardown. He built this home from the ground up. I'm very confused about the sign of the O California. It's very ugly. Yeah. I also have thoughts. First of all, like you said, it's not a font. Like it's not a cursive <laughs> font. Yeah. It's very clearly written. Like a child wrote it in cursive, like third grade, right after they learned cursive, mm-hmm. like on a piece of paper. And then he like put it on his wall because it's like, you know, like the John Mulaney, like I know how big letters should be. <laughs> yes. Like it's not, it's not spaced right. Like the letters get too small, like towards the end. And like the O is weird. And it's I, maybe his children have done it because he has two kids, but it doesn't mention anything about it. It literally doesn't no. talk about this weird ass sign on his house. And I need answers. I really and do. And why were his children like so like caught up with California that they were like, oh, California. Right. But is that? Even his ch- did his children even write it? Or was this Ryan Murphy? Did Is this an artist's work? And maybe I've been really offensive about it, but it just looks like the <laughs> font should have been worked on for a little bit longer, maybe. It had to have been better. There had to have been a better way. There's a backstory here and I need it, people. This is a yes. cry for help. It we really need our, our internet investigators who found Ben Affleck's Finsta <laughs> to find why, why this has... Why Ryan really has this on his house. You can oh my God. tweet us at tea time underscore 33. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes for places you can donate to Black Lives Matter. Thank you, Kaya, our producer. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. 